Hello and welcome everyone to the latest Ocean State Sidelines podcast. My name is Brandon McGear, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times One Soccer Call. Once again, joined by my co-pilot, Will Gagan, sports editor of The Independent. And, Will, these are some strange, unusual, crazy times in uh, Rylan High School sports. Uh, we should be talking about crowning champions, and we're kind of wondering if these games are still even going to be played. Yeah, wondering what happens, you know, when you see news from Connecticut, they're canceling the rest of their winter postseason in Rhode Island as we record this Wednesday at 5 o'clock. It's an ever-changing situation. Piers games are still happening. There was a press release out from URI who is uh, canceling in-person classes that said maybe fans will not be attending uh, the high school events at URI, the Boss Arena and the Ryan Center. The Interscholastic League came back and said that's not true, that's premature. So we don't know what's, what's going to happen. But yes, just crazy times in the Rhode Island high school ranks and beyond with news of the NCAA tournament being played without fans. Just unprecedented stuff. Uh, I mean, it's, it is, you know, the, the, the pandemic is scary and it's, uh, you hope everyone's okay. It, it just, to, for it to impact these institutions so much, it's just jarring, really. It, it is. It's to the point where we don't even know if these games are still going to go on as scheduled and yep. like we said it's Wednesday afternoon and we know that right now we're, we're expecting a slate of Sweet 16 games in girls basketball and boys basketball on Thursday night and on Friday we're supposed to have two hockey finals uh, begin but you know we could be sitting here 24 hours from now and saying everything's up in smoke yeah we really don't know so uh, you know stay tuned to media channels and everything or we'll, we'll update things that teams that are that we're involved with on twitter and stuff like that uh, as we go along here so i guess we'll talk about some some sports <laughs> I, I, I guess uh, you know everything's a hypothetical right now yes, but, but we may as well the brackets but, haven't gone away yet yes they're still out there um so we, we will uh begin with um some high school stuff uh so division champs were crowned in uh boys and girls basketball this past weekend and and earlier this week uh, so congrats to all those teams, and we have the uh, state tournament coming up with uh, quarterfinal games beginning uh, this week. Yep, just uh, going back to the boys' divisional tournament, Chalk basically ruled yeah. in every tournament. Uh, Henrikin, they were the top seed, Division One. they prevailed over North Kingstown, Division Two. You had the top seed Portsmouth uh, Patriots defeating Barrington, and then Division Three, the game that I attended, Lincoln defeated Johnston in overtime. And you know, three you know relatively entertaining games if you look at. It. Well, I know you were there for the D one game. It was pretty close all the way through. Yeah, it was a great game, uh, back and forth. Hendrickson um, had a lead early, kind of looked like they were in control, and then K takes the lead. Uh, NK was actually up by seven with about two minutes left, didn't score again, and Hendrickson ended the game on a 12-0 run, a personal 12-0 run by Sebastian Thomas. Really impressive there from the Hawks uh, to dethrone the Skippers. So yeah, good games all around. No March Madness in the uh, in the Division One, Two, or Three boys uh, boys tournament. All chalk. And all and the good news is all three of those games were very well attended. They were, yeah, good crowds at all those games, standing room only. And uh, and then the girls, we had South Kingstown just last night, Tuesday. After that tournament, it got delayed a little bit. Uh, beat LaSalle for their first first ever Division One championship in girls basketball. And their, uh, just their second championship overall, their first since 1991. So it was a big accomplishment for them. LaSalle has been their nemesis over the years. They have been the runner-up to LaSalle in the division and the state finals twice in the last five years. And 
have never haven't beaten LaSalle in the regular season in that time either. So they they really wanted to get over that hump and they did. And you know the Rebels looked like they were in trouble last night too. It well, looked like uh, LaSalle was going to maybe coast to another uh, mm-hmm. division championship. But credit to uh, a school that you know many of those girls had already won a Division One state soccer title. Yeah. The uh, championship pedigree uh, shown through at the most appropriate it time. It did. It was a lot of the same girls. Only two girls on the basketball team don't play soccer. So that's amazing. <laughs> they're, they're celebrating again. It's the same group of athletes. Uh, and then in Division Two, you had Situate, uh, kind of the favorite all along, uh, beat number two Classical by fourteen for the title. Uh, Situate will be a, something to be reckoned with in the state tournament. I think Could, really one of the top teams in the state, regardless of division. Uh, and then down in D3, you had Mount Pleasant slipping past one socket uh, for that title. Yeah, what Mount Pleasant was kind of like the Cinderella of that group. They went on the road to beat Tolman, and then uh, they beat another higher seed in one socket to clean the championship. So uh, kudos to the Kilties. And just wanted to go back to the D3 uh, boys basketball title. Uh, you know, Octavio Brito, he had 34 points that day, the Lincoln High Jr. You know, we talk a lot about uh, Sebastian Thomas and uh, – you know, and other great players like uh, Weeks from Pilgrim and Erickson Bance from Shea. But for my money, he's right up there as one of the better players in the state this season. I know he probably doesn't get the recognition yeah. he does because he's in D3, but I would put it up there with anybody else. Big time, big time performer and came to play in a, in a big time spot. So looking at uh, some state tourney stuff, you have the Sweet 16 round uh, beginning tomorrow uh, in for boys. Uh, and, you know, some, some good matchups there. I, the ones that stick out to me, Portsmouth against Shea. Uh, that's the D2 champs who haven't lost in quite some time, uh, taking on Erickson Baines. Uh, so big opportunity there. And, uh, you know, another one on the other side of the bracket, East Providence taking on Lincoln, the D3 champs, against a really, really solid D1 team. You know, what can Lincoln do in that game? Uh, can East, Pro- East Province is trying to make a run after they made a uh, push to the semis of the D1 tournament, so something to watch there. I think a lot of these matchups, well, you know, they look pretty solid, at least on paper. You know, you also can t- look at um, Mount Pleasant taking on East Greenwich. Mm-hmm. That could be an intriguing matchup. And then on the other side, Westerly, Cranston West, two teams that met each other during the uh, D2 regular season, they get another matchup at each other. And the upstarts, the 18th seed, Blackstone Valley Prep, yeah, coming through that? with a win at a Division One school. Kind of the second year in a row, we kind of had a little bit of an upset there to stop this tournament. Yep. Last year we had Cumberland, the 16th seed, beating top seed Hendrickson, but uh, they've earned the right to go down to North Kingstown uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, that would be, that would be a, you know, last year Hendrickson lost to Cumberland. It was a 116 game, and both not D1 a true 116 game, right, both D1 teams. This would be a major upset if Blackstone Valley Prep could get the skippers. Um, so they'll, they'll try to do that. If that doesn't happen and NK... Uh, gets to the Elite Eight, they, they could have Barrington or Smithfield. I think NK Barrington would be a heck of a matchup after what Barrington has, has done. They they can really score it. Yeah, I saw Barrington in the uh, Division II uh, semifinals against Shea, and you know they were extremely, extremely impressive. A team that can shoot the ball so well. You know Ben Batting, he was incredible that night. Uh, they just loaded for Bear. Yeah, they, some shooters. They've got a lot of guys who can do it. So let's look at the uh, the girls bracket as well. Um, a lot of a lot of games uh, Thursday as uh, in that one also. Uh, LaSalle is the top seed. They'll take on Johnston. So that's a, another of this Division One versus Division One. So not, nothing too easy for LaSalle there. South Kingstown, the two seed, they take on Cherahoe. Uh, like we mentioned, Situate uh, they end up as the three seed. They get East Greenwich in the first round. 
potential Elite Eight matchup against Classical, which would be the rematch of the D2 finals, and then, you know, potentially SK in the Final Four. That would be a great game. That was a really good game. They, they actually played a non-league game against each other very early in the season, and everyone kind of saw that score and was like, whoa, is, this, is SK struggling yes. a little bit here, or is Situ really good? Right. <laughs> Turns out Situ was really good. Um, so that, that could be interesting on that side of the bracket. And uh, one game that will not be taking place tomorrow night will be held on Saturday night at St. Rayfield. The Saints, the team that kind of basically took themselves yeah. out of the D1 equation, they'll be hosting Juanita Sanchez. Um, you know, maybe, well, because you were around the girls' basketball scene a little bit more, you know, was there any talk about not having the Saints at all as part of that tournament. You know, some of the coaches, at least on media conversations, said that it felt a little different not having them there. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone just felt bad for the Saints. Like, they're a really good team or peaking at the right time. And even if they weren't, just to not not even have a shot just is really unfortunate. Um, I think everyone kind of wishes they, they had been there. And it, it could have changed the, the Division One tournament, certainly. It, could, it would have been SK versus St. Ray's. Uh, likely in the semifinals, and, and the Saints won that matchup in the regular season. So who knows what would happen there. Hopefully everything is good now, and they, they are permitted to play on that, that Saturday game and to, and to play in the state tournament because they're, they're one of the best teams in the state. Absolutely. Well, I'd be interested to see how this Saints team does. They haven't played since February 24th. Yeah. That's a long time. And haven't practiced much in right. the time, I they, don't think. They, haven't, they started practicing this past Sunday. Okay. For the first time, and okay. I was and I was driving past Walcott Street last night after I covered uh, Tolman Rogers, and the lights were on. So uh, who knows? Maybe they were in there getting yeah. some shots up. But uh, you know, I guess if there's a team that maybe some people are pulling for, it could be the Saints, just because yeah. of what that school has gone through. It would be a great story. It really would. It did change the bracket a little bit for the state tournament. They they might have ended up as the three seed with with a win in their quarterfinal instead. Citrus gets it. So now on the uh, LaSalle side of the bracket, you have St. Ray's is the four seed, NK is the five seed. Two really good teams there who could meet in the Elite Eight. So and, we'll and, also, and also, too, uh, kudos to the Interscholastic League for kind of like, you know, they could have basically said, mm-hmm. you know, they could have kicked the Saints out of the tournament completely, both yeah. the divisional and the state tournament. Yeah. So kudos to the league for kind of holding things up a little bit to mm-hmm. before and Trying to the make Saints it work. Yep. Yeah, they also pushed the Elite Eight games to Sunday to allow the Saints to play on Saturday. So. Yeah, they're they're trying to make it work. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll all get to watch some basketball guess, over, the, over know, this no, next week and a half. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. But uh, you know, just the elite eight matchups and both boys and girls are going to be taking place on Sunday. I guess stay tuned to where those venues might be. Yeah, stay tuned. That's that's all we can say about that at this point. We really don't know. But uh, I guess we'll touch a little bit of hockey briefly because. Yes. You know, those games are supposed to begin Division One finals and Division Two finals on Friday night at URI's Boss Arena. Those games were originally supposed to be at Brown University. They obviously they uh, had some, uh, I guess, derivatives where from the Ivy League that they wanted to follow. The league tried PC. That didn't work out. Schneider Arena, and now they're going back to Boss Arena where, you know, I guess uh, if you're uh, South Kingstown, boys, that's a home away from home yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, you don't like the reason that it happened, but but you love the outcome if you're the Rebels. Uh, as I was talking to their coach, Toby Gimmitz, today, and he said, you know, 99% of our kids learned how to skate on this ice. So uh, so that's that's kind of interesting for them. Uh, so South Kingstown versus East Greenwich in the D2 uh, series. South Kingstown had to get past Lincoln. They actually split the first two games. Lincoln rallied in game two for a win. 
And then South Kingstown was down 2 nothing uh, in the third game last night up at the Rhode Island Sports Center and came all the way back, scored five unanswered goals for a 5-2 win. Great performance by them. Unbelievable series when you think about it. It really was, it. yeah. And uh, it was, uh, you know, for Lincoln, you know, they kind of found out last Friday because uh, South Kingstown was still looking to finish up their series right. initially with the uh, St. Rayfield Wheeler PCD co-op team. That team was told that their season was going to be over. South Kingston automatically advanced. Lincoln had to get it in gear, thinking maybe initially that they were going to begin that D2 semifinal series until Tuesday. Yep. So, you know, kudos to them to really forcing a third game. And mm-hmm. from the sound of it, it was a very entertaining series. Yeah, it was. I, I saw game two, and it was really up and down, good hockey. So congrats to uh, those teams. And East Greenwich uh, is the four seed um, in Division Two. They got to the finals after beating Cranston West, who was the eighth seed, who knocked off un- previously unbeaten Cumberland in the first round. So kind of some craziness there um, in the D2 tournament. So you have the four versus the three for the title. And uh, the Division One uh, tournament, uh, two uh, you know familiar names when it comes to high school hockey, uh, LaSalle taking on Mount St. Charles. This is a, a different kind of Mount St. Charles, a better Mount St. Charles team that's gone on off the, over the course of the season, LaSalle. Everyone talked to them as being the true favorite mm-hmm. before the start of the season, but uh, a couple of players who are on the Mount uh, Academy team, they transferred out of the program and into the Interscholastic League team, kind of gave that uh, program a little of a late-season jolt. And, you know, they uh, Mount St. Charles got past Henrikin in the uh, semifinals, one of their other long-time nemesis, so they're going to get the Rams beginning Friday night, game one at 8-15. And we kind of wondered, you know, this time last year when all this all this was happening with the, the Hockey Academy, what, what the effect was going to be on the Mount uh, hockey team. But here they are in the finals. Um, so good for them to, you know, make that run again and to kind of maintain that, that part of their tradition as well. So uh, I guess uh, right now fans are encouraged to go to the uh, Boss Arena. <laughs> I but guess. But uh, I guess stay tuned on that front. But, <laughs> but just um, schedule-wise, Game 1 and Game 2 of the LaSalle Mount Series will be Friday and Saturday night, the uh, game one for the uh, Division Two finals of uh, Lincoln and EG. That will be Friday night. Game two will be on Sunday night because apparently you cannot play four high school hockey games in the same week. Who knew? Probably Who knew? good for safety reasons. Probably good. You know, it is a contact sport. <laughs> yes. All right, so that's the, that's the high school scene as we know it right now. Uh, we also have uh, March Madness looming. Uh, with uh, conference tournaments getting going for for everybody in Providence and URI, both in New York at this point, uh, and the Friars, we'll start with them. They open things up in the Big East Tournament on Thursday at 2.30, taking on Butler at Madison Square Garden, and the Friars enter as one of the hottest teams in the country. Six in a row, Will, and, uh, you know, what? We were probably if we did a podcast in early February, mm-hmm. like we've said a million times, like who was the hotter team between URI right. and PC? Yeah. It was URI, no questions asked. They were in the midst of a ten game winning streak, but now here it is, the other Friars winning six in a row and doing so against the upper crust of the league, beating one nationally ranked team after another. And here they are. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying they could be one of the favorites to maybe cut down the nets on Saturday night at Madison Square Garden. You know, I'm not ready to go that far just yet. <laughs> but you kind of like the Friars' draw in this sense that you would avoid seeing Hall or Villanova until the finals. They're yeah. on the Creighton side, and Creighton is dealing with a little some injury concerns right now. And uh, if PC is able to get past Butler, which they split with during the regular season, each team winning on their home courts, more than likely the uh, that winner will get 
the Blue Jays in what could be a high-scoring game on Friday night at the Garden. Yeah, I mean, it's it's similar to the regular season where who knows what's going to happen in the Big East. Things are just crazy. Uh, but the Friars, you know, as you said, early February when we were talking about them, they were they were not the, not the, not a hot team at that point, and we thought the Big East tournament was going to be a must win. They yeah. were, no, <laughs> they were going to have question. to run through it, uh, and here they are instead in great shape for the NCAA tournament. Really, just looking to improve seating and, and looking to you know stay hot and win a championship. Why not? Um, so they'll uh, if they get Butler, who they beat the last time around, um, lost to them earlier on on Butler's home court, uh, or no, lost lost at. And Providence to Butler, and then beat them at Butler. I'm losing. Uh, see, I can't keep track of the Big East. I have no it, idea. It's, it's a total. It's a total jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> really right now you're trying to put together. But you know, as the Friars head to New York, you know, one stone cold truth has emerged. You know, offensively they picked it up, and the three players in particular, Alpha Diallo, David Duke, and Luan Pipkins. However, if one of those players should struggle, I think they have somebody who's more than capable in AJ Reeves and uh, to step in. You know a knockdown three-point shooter. He hits a couple of shots like that in the game. I've seen how much confidence he plays with. A lot of his big games in his career have come as a result of him kind of really settling into a steady groove at the onset. You know, he had 22 points against Creighton just last Saturday against DePaul. He had 19. When he's hitting shots early, well, I feel like PC is really a tough out because that kind of gives them that fourth score that really has to make teams decide you know, it's like a pick, up, pick your poison uh, conundrum. Yep. As much as offense has gotten them over the hump in, in a lot of these games, I mean, they scored 93 against DePaul in a blowout win, 80 against Xavier. Uh, the defense is the baseline for, for all of this. It's That kind of sets the stage for everything. That that Go back to that Villanova game on February 29th, allowing 54 points to the number 12 team in the country. The Friars play that kind of defense uh, and and do enough on offense. They can obviously hang with anybody in the Big East at this point. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess it's. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. It, it should be a very entertaining Big East tournament yeah, as a whole, especially you have that, you know, third matchup between Seton Hall and Villanova in the semifinals. That should be an absolute war. Yeah, absolutely. Across uh, the bridge, the bridge. Yes, uh, you or I will be at the Barclays Center for the Atlantic Ten tournament. And they open play Friday after a double bye. Um, so, you know, for, for them, you, you, the way you look at it, unless crazy things happen on the bubble and they, they maybe URI makes the finals, loses to Aiton, somehow gets in that way, I don't know. I, I doubt that. It doesn't seem like that's a possibility. It seems like it's win or bust for the, for the Rams right now. Yeah, they've kind of uh, slumped here at the end a little bit, uh, you know, uh, losing at home to St. Louis and... Um, Getting blown out on senior night against uh, Dayton and really fighting tooth and nail to, to win at UMass last weekend. They right. were up big and ended up holding on by a point. But, uh, you know, if you're URI, though, you know what the mission is at this point. You yep. kind of put yourself in the spot, and the only way to dig yourself out is to, you know, as they said in Major League, go win the whole bleeping thing. Yep. <laughs> and, and just, you know, they had media availability uh, on Tuesday, and just you know, the vibe from, from David Cox was that. He wants them to feel good about themselves. He wants, you know, he doesn't want to look at the the ups and downs of, of the of the late season. He wants to look at the big picture and say, all right, we won twenty one games, we won thirteen games in the conference, we're a top three team in this league. We can, you know, we can do this. He wants the guys feeling good about themselves, feeling loose, feeling like 
Uh, they can play with anybody. And it's, you know, it's three games. You win three games, you're in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, like you said, they don't have to win a fourth game. Exactly. Because, you, yeah. know, you know, people will say that you or I kind of slumped at the end here, and that's true, but you also did enough work to get what in the Atlantic 10 is a big deal and yep. get to get that double buy. Yeah. If you're a URI fan, you're, you know, you might be pessimistic based on the way things went, the way things have been trending. And, and certainly it's a concern. This team, especially uh, when they get on a streak, they kind of stay on a streak. <laughs> when, they're, when they're good, they're really good. And when they're not good, they're really not good. Um, so, so that would be a concern. I do think they got a, a decent draw if you're looking on more of the optimistic side. Um, you know, they avoid Davidson, they avoid St. Bonaventure, they avoid VCU, all teams they could have ended up with in their quarterfinal game. Now they likely end up with Duquesne, who's a six seed, but I think you know a team that they they match up well against and they handled in the regular season. Potential semifinal game against Richmond, uh, the number two seed, or you know maybe uh, maybe Davidson at that point and see what happens there. Richmond's one of the teams that URI struggled with early on. It was their first A ten loss, and then they you know reeled off a bunch of wins in a row. So that that would be the key one. And then uh, in the championship, if if it ends up being Dayton again. Well, I guess you just take your uh, you, you take, take your, your best shot. Yes, <laughs> you I, take your I, best shot. I wonder though if is it an, would it be enough for URI to get to the championship game? Maybe having been rich, Richmond once again. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, because then you start saying, well, do they have a leg up on Richmond, and are they the second team from the A10? Right. Or does the committee not even care about that, and and they're looking just at the individual teams? Do they not care? Oh, we need to take two teams from the A10, which is. Very possible. I, I think that might be the way they look at it more than anything. But yeah, I mean that that seems like a route that maybe something's going to happen there if that if that works out. Uh, but who knows? And and St. Louis uh, could give Dayton a game too if that if that matchup happens in the semifinals. Um, so you, we will see what happens. St. Louis gave Dayton two tough games in the regular season. Uh, but yeah, I mean for you or I, they're just looking to play good basketball, kind of get back to. Uh, get their defense back where it was in the win streak. I think that would be the biggest key. And then share the ball on offense and f- hope Fats Russell kind of breaks out of, uh, out of his, some of his shooting slump recently. That would be Fats Russell. That would be first team all Atlantic 10 performer, yeah. Fats Russell. Yeah, second time in the last three years the Rams have had a first teamer. Russell joining Jared Terrell. Uh, he, had, he had a great year, some struggles late, but had a great year overall. He'll try to lead him. You got Jeff Doughton and Cyril Langevin, their last go round. So you always got the veteran players to kind of lead a run like this, uh, and they'll they'll certainly need him. So we'll see what happens in Brooklyn. And uh, we shall certainly see what happens with the rest of the uh, interscholastic league playoff picture. So uh, we'll be back again soon with another podcast. Maybe I'll do a little NCAA tournament one where. There'll be no fans, but we'll yeah. still be here. Yeah, absolutely. So stay tuned to everything that's uh, everything that's happening and. Uh, Hopefully we'll watch some sports over these next few days. Absolutely. Take care, everyone. Thanks Thanks. for listening.